Hey everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Coin Journal podcast. I'm here with Gracie Chen today, who's managing director at BitGet, who are a cryptocurrency derivatives exchange. How are you doing, Gracie? Th thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Dan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and just I, I kind of like to start uh, by asking guests firstly how they got into crypto and a bit of background about themselves. So, do you want to maybe introduce yourself to the audience? Okay, sure. Um, well, so I came from a finance. Sorry. Uh, journalism and uh, technology background. So um, my first job was like an anchor and producer, and that was in a tech and finance channel of a TV station. It's called Phoenix TV, one of the largest um, in Asia. Um, so it's also around that time that some of my friends, uh, who are pretty famous today, I'm not going to name them, but like they introduced me to the space, to uh, to crypto industry. So in 2014, I started to invest in cryptocurrencies, and that includes uh, BTC, ETH, and XRP, not in huge amounts. Uh, and I do think that people should you know, build a portfolio, maybe with just small percentage investment in the crypto space, um, according to their you know, experience and resource level. And it's only since 2017 that I started to invest more in the primary and secondary market of crypto space. Well, before coming, joining Big Ad, I was working, like I said, I invested very early, but I didn't really you know, do a lot of stuff in crypto other than being an investor. Um, but uh, what I was doing is um, uh, being CMO, Chief Marketing Officer for some Web2 startups, including FinTech and the Metaverse. Um, yeah, so the, the transition from tech, from Web2 to Web3, from tech to crypto, I think that's quite natural. Um, and that's how I, I am who I am today. Okay, that's that's pretty interesting route. Uh, starting out from a totally different industry, um, and and how did you get to BitGet? So BitGet, yeah, let's talk about BitGet a little bit. They're a crypto derivatives exchange. So firstly, yeah, how focused on derivatives are they? Or because I know like some exchanges used to be derivatives exchange, and they kind of just moved into this all-encompassing exchange. Like, is BitGet still focused on derivatives specifically? Mm -hmm. Actually, not really. Uh, indeed, we started off with derivative, and in terms of derivative trading volume, etc., we are one of the top. Um, if you look at CoinGecko, Coin Coin Market Cap, all these uh, st statistics website, we're usually among top five uh, in terms of derivative. Uh, but especially last year, we have uh, invested and uh, uh, putting a lot of effort on spot now a spot market, and that's why we don't limit ourselves to be just a derivative exchange. Um, and we currently serve more than 8 million users in more than 100 countries around the world. Although we started off in mainly East Asia, and that was uh, back in 2018. So the reason I got into uh, the space, and uh, sorry, not, not into space, but into BigAt and uh, you know, know the team, etc., is actually through my investment. Like I said, I, I was an investor. So I, in, uh, I invested in uh, BigAt's wallet. Um, and that was uh, about two years ago. That, so that's why uh, two and a half, maybe. Yeah, so that's why I know the team. And when they are saying, talking to the investors that they wanted, um, someone from a, from a marketing background can do what well, A B C D E. I was like, that sounds like my profile. I've been doing that for Web two startups, so I just volunteered myself, saying, uh, "How about me?" So that's uh, that's how I get into Biget. 
Okay, and, and you guys like launched in late 2018, right? So it would have been the depths of the previous crypto winter. Like, was it tough getting going? Um, never mind just like crypto specifically, but like any kind of, it's tough starting a startup at the best of times. But yeah, then when you layer in that crypto was in a, a, a pretty, not a bad place, but I mean like volume and interest was way down. Like this said, so this was around the time, like, so Bitcoin went up, was a Christmas of 17 and briefly at 20K and then it scaled all the way back down. So it really seemed like it was, uh, I don't want to say existential, but it was crypto probably wasn't even mainstream at this point. Um, certainly not a mainstream financial asset. So was that difficult? Um, yeah, I think, well, like I said, at the time I wasn't really, you know, working in the space. So I'm just an investor. So from an investor point of view, uh, I, I, that's indeed around uh, that, that bear market in 2017 or 18, uh, when I started to invest more, like do dollar cost averaging, put some of my monthly saving into crypto, uh, and I'm glad that's uh, doing pretty well if we look at the, uh, the Bitcoin price and ETH price today. Um, so from, a, from an exchange point of view, I would say um, I personally think doing something in, in bear market it makes much more sense than you know, building in bear market rather than just uh, entering in, in a bull market. Uh, and sometimes I say uh, bear market is the golden window for growth. Which, uh, which is indeed the case. Uh, so, for example, last year that's uh, that's very bearish, um, um, especially at the end of the year when after the FTX collapse, uh, I think a lot of people are very emotional as well. Like some of my friends who are not in the crypto space, they ask me a lot of questions around: Is this Ponzi? Is this whole thing? Um, you know, um, does it really make sense? It's like, I am unlike gambling. So um, there were a lot of doubts uh, in the space and that's definitely difficult. Um, but for exchanges, I think doing something in crypto, um, in, in the bear market, you know, just build it, have more coins listed, do more, grow more in the ecosystem, um, grow the team like last year we have uh, grown tremendously from about 100 people from start of the year start of 2022 until today we have about 1200 people in the firm so these are all the growth and uh, uh, what I mean by building in a bear market um, so I think that's how you go through a bear market and this so-called difficult time yeah it's, it's pretty remarkable growth um, and you see this with a lot of crypto firms like it really was meteoric those few years and especially going into the pandemic um you hinted there at, like obviously things have changed since and last year w w was a, a pretty torrid year in the space um and you talked about like expanding to 1200 people like have you had to fight layoffs and have you struggled with the pullback in trans the volumes and interest like like so many other centralized exchanges have over the past year or so mm -hmm. not really so um, since um, May, June, I actually joined a panel with some other exchanges online, um, invited by another, uh, by, by I think that's Coindesk TV. So uh, that topic was specifically about growth and, uh, sorry, about unemployment in the crypto space. So we were one, we were actually the only exchange in that panel, which is growing. So everyone is, like you said, laying off, cutting, um, doing job freeze. But we are growing tremendously. Um, um, and I think that's mainly because we have been experiencing tremendous growth and uh, you know, generating very strong and recurring cash flow despite the uncertain market condition. 
um, and that's why also the the market sentiment didn't really you know deter us from enhancing our offerings, ensuring the rapid growth uh, and increased needs from users uh, that are met. Um, so regardless of the market condition, I think it's a pressing business need for us to push forward our hiring plans to pave the way. Uh, and we're still on track of increasing uh, our workforce. I'm aware that there are still a lot of openings from various functions uh, and from various regions around the world to, uh, to, to continue our growth. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that this, um, you know, employment kind of growth is forever. Definitely, um, it's diminishing in terms of the the growth, um, but still we are we are we are growing some. We we have some openings. Um, not sure if this this exactly answers the question, but I think my point is, uh, with a lot of people and some other exchanges are doing job freeze and uh, sorry, hiring freeze and job cuts. We're actually growing and we're still uh, looking for new talents to join us. Well, that's that's pretty incredible that you're not only avoiding layoffs, but actually expanding um, compared to like, yeah, or, or, I, I feel like every executive I, I interview these days is kind of explaining the, the recent layoffs they've gone through and their plans for turning around. Um, and you, you've kind of spoken a little bit about how you manage that. Do you think, like, would you say that other exchanges and companies have maybe mismanaged um, their finances going? Like, did they think, did they overestimate the bull market and thought it would last longer than, like, I guess, were you guys more prudent than your competitors, do you think? And has, has that helped you avoid such layoffs? Mm, I wouldn't really, I, I have no position to say that, I would say. Um, but the, um, for us, it's more like, if you look at how we uh, we were, in terms of the trading volume versus the employment, let's say, if you if you look at that that employment number itself, you may see oh, from one hundred to one thousand two hundred within a year, that sounds like tremendous growth. But I think that's also because we started very humble, very low key, and uh, with only one hundred people at that time, while well, our trading volume is there already. Um, so it's more of um, I would say this. Um, the, the fact that we were really, um, you know, relatively small uh, in terms of our employment uh, compared with other exchanges, that made us grow. Um, so the foundation is small. So th that's why the growth is there. Uh, but if you if you if you, you look at us today, we ha we only have one thousand two hundred people. It's not that many if you compare that with some other exchanges. Like uh, I'm aware that Binance might have about. 7,000 plus people in the firm. Um, uh, KuCoin might have about more than 1,000, but they, they kind of split into uh, different um, groups. But in total, it should be more than 1,000. And uh, some other exchanges, they all have m multiple thousands of people. So we are still not that much. Uh, but whether they you know really in, um, invested too much or hired too many people during the um, maybe doing earlier last year, I, I I think that might be the case, but I need to you know look at individual cases and uh, uh, what's their growth, what's their number of people, whether these people are fully utilized um, to 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 say that whether it's a misle mismanagement or not. Yeah, it's 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 a notable point about the employee count, and perhaps yeah, that that's the biggest lesson of all right there in some respects. 
you hint you mentioned Binance there. Um, is it difficult, like trying to like obviously it, it, there's very few industries where one player has that amount of market share. Um, like it really is just mammoth. Is it difficult? Like you've obviously expanded like rapidly, like like we talked about. But how much of a challenge it is it going up against a player with that much market share? Okay, so um, this is, I really hate to, you know, to talk about competitors, but since you asked the question, I, I do want to answer that uh, with proper, uh, with, with respect. So I, I think definitely um, Binance has been doing a lot of tremendous uh, growth and uh, also uh, providing a lot of value into the industry. Um, CZ, Hei, um, so actually the person I, I mentioned about who introduced me to the space in 2014, that's Hei. She was actually my bridesmaid one day. Uh, one day. So we were we were close friends uh, in old days. Uh, and that's that's pretty funny that today we have more like, I call it friend 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 enemy, friend, friend enemy. So friend, <laughs> maybe com, com, competition as well. Um, yeah, but uh, basically I think all these people are doing great job in the space by introducing crypto to more uh, mainstream public. Um, and uh, for us, we don't really see Binance as a competitor, at least in this stage, because uh, in terms of value, uh, volume, training volume, and uh, the position, we are we are still very different, and uh, uh, we see them more as a leader and uh, uh, very respected, uh, you know, friend enemy maybe. <laughs> um, so I, I don't really, you know, honestly speaking, we we don't think we can you know, surpass finance uh, within maybe one, two years. That's not our goal. Our goal is to become um, even top uh, on the exchange list, maybe within uh, top uh, three. And uh, that, that's what we have that goal within maybe tw uh, three to five years. So there's still a lot of uh, space for growth. Um, and um, well, we don't really target finance as our competitor because they are just too strong and uh, maybe too big to fail, whatever word that you want to use here. Um, but I think the, the whole point is we want to introduce uh, crypto to more people and that would happen, wouldn't happen within one day and it wouldn't happen within, you know, just by the effort of one firm. So uh, we want to, you know, hold hands to hands and uh, make that possible rather than, you know, compete with each other. So we want to grow the pie to make it simple. We want to grow the pie rather than cutting off the pie from other, uh, other players. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair answer. Um, and obviously yeah, everybody in the industry rivals or not do, does want the, the entire space to grow, like you say, to, to get a, a bigger or a, a piece of a bigger pie. Um, so let, let's talk about that growth and the future of the industry at large. Like, do you think that the year 2022, which we describe as being incredibly bearish, has that been, because uh, I know some detractors say, oh, the damage is irreparable to the reputation of crypto, or perhaps like the trajectory it, it was on can't be recovered. Like, do you think there'll be lasting damage from last year, or is this just another bump in the road and crypto will roar back as strong as ever? Mm, I think that's, that's just another bump, honestly. So FTX incident cannot totally cannot represent the whole exchange, nor not to say the whole crypto space. Although it gains maybe mainstream awareness from uh, a lot of other people, 
but that's that's just a fraud. No, that's that's not just a fraud. That is a fraud. That's let, let me be be clear. Yeah. So um, that's a fraud and not other uh, and cannot be representative of any other exchanges. Um, but I think uh, if you you can you can probably see that from the Bitcoin price as well. It dropped tremendously within a day um, after the FTX collapse. Uh, but now it's growing. Um, it's it go, it grow back, and also um, I think the you know the negative effect of FTX and some other, um, especially in the staking and the in the centralized saving uh, space, uh, all those um, you know bad news were kind of absorbed uh, by the market already. Um, I still think crypto is a very risky asset. If you compare that with you know bond equity and some other uh, financial inv uh, investment instruments, um, but it's uh, worth learning. It's um, definitely you know worth looking into, um, and um, that's also I, I I the reason like I, like I mentioned earlier that I think everyone should set aside a small amount, um, get to know the space and uh, study more, and maybe also look at into. Uh, how Web3 and blockchain can be uh, implemented into whatever you are doing. Not you, but the audience, yeah. Yeah, and like when you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the collapses that came out of, around FTX and like the Bitcoin price falling and all that, like a lot of people, like myself included, I've written a lot about the lack of transparency in crypto. Like, do you think that overall centralized exchanges should be doing more or do you think that you know, naturally we'll get there. Like, what, what do you think of transparency and where we're at right now? Mm, okay. Uh, transparency is a very important topic here. So I, I actually do think that we should do more. Um, it's not just we, but all the, all the crypto exchanges and maybe the whole industry. So after the FTX collapse, I actually wrote an article for um, Cointelegraph and I mentioned a few effects and the trend in the crypto space after uh, after that, so um, transparency and more uh, safeguard uh, is one of the things that I talked about. So, um, uh, so, so for example, there should be more regulations, which is also what we are we are seeing right now. Uh, and back to that point, crypto should have more guardrails uh, because, like stricter, for example, stricter risk control and more you know complete audits should be adopted um for for example for this one we are also in the process of discussing uh, this collaboration and cooperation with some other firms uh, especially the big four i personally have in, been involved in some of those conversations um, but i'm sad that right now the big four at least they cannot accept new crypto users and uh, crypto exchanges to be their uh, client I'm hoping they can, you know, catch up uh, with blockchain soon, or maybe they they have a lot of uh, worry in terms of the risk right now. But I really hope that they are willing to um, work with us closely. Um, maybe after a while, when, when they when, when they seem fit. But this is definitely a trend uh, to you know being very transparent about um, assets, liability, etc. Yeah, so, so and, and just just for the benefit of the audience, their big four is referring to the, the big four accounting firms, um, KPMG, EY, and the likes. So, and and like 
I, I know um, there's a high profile story that Mazars, who we're working with Binance, they pulled, now they're not big four, but they're pretty close to it. Uh, they're certainly top 10, like they pulled out and uh, of all crypto, of these proof of reserve crypto reports. Um, do you think like, I guess you said earlier, you think it's just a bump on the road that, that the whole bear market and, and that was a big contributor to it. But like um, in terms of like transparency and, and regulators coming in, has, did, that, did that episode around Mazars, FTX, like will that just accelerate the whole thing going forward? And if so, do you think it like be in a positive or negative direction? Like we've been seeing this week that regulators are clamping down on BUSD, the, the Binance stablecoin, and it just seems like, um, particularly in the US, maybe that I don't want to say hostile, but it's definitely feels like uh, regulators are coming in a little harder over the last couple of months. Like, wh where do you see this going going forward? Ooh. I think going forward, we will see more of those actions. Um, most most likely, these are doing good for the industry, especially from a long-term point of view. Uh, because for Bitcoin to go mainstream, these are the compulsory steps that we need to take. Uh, and the whole industry will need to you know, experience. So, um, um, yeah, so regulation, um, in general, it's doing long-term good. Uh, there might be some cases, for example, when um, recently, you know, um, I don't, I haven't read like into details, but it seems that uh, BUSD is defined as a security by um, by by some uh, regulators. That that would surprise me, and to me, that would sound a little bit unfair. Uh, but it, I have to, you know, talk about it uh, by reading more and. Uh, in order to you know do more education i guess and uh, um and uh you know have more insights but basically uh some of the regulations i think just as you know fintech is is something very new and crypto is uh probably on, on top of thing of fintech it's um it's also a very new instrument it, bitcoin were only been here for 14 years um it's like a teenager so Regulated regulation on all these things will need a bilateral conversation rather than you know just um, a regulators saying this is what and you should do what rather than you know um, just like fine all these uh, big firms. What what they should probably do is also to have a clear guideline uh, before they find them rather than I just go go ahead and and find and and sue um, the firms. So I think that's also a bilateral conversation, and I'm hoping all these uh, um, conversations can be ongoing and uh, uh, and um, be be made very clear to to everyone. Yeah, but in general, uh, regulations are good and uh, uh, are important, and we also value compliance and regulation a lot. We have a whole compliance team working on uh, all these like license and uh, talking to various stakeholders and uh, government policymakers around the world. So all these are the um, function and, uh, uh, and methodologies that sh I think exchanges should take and uh, uh, have to take. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll certainly see a, a lot of change going forward. And even in the last couple of years, like it has changed so much, um, even the last few months, like we were saying. Um, Maybe just to finish up, I, I think it's always a fun one to talk a little bit about Bitcoin. Like I, I've seen on, on Twitter, you've been quite bullish on, on your Bitcoin forecasts, um, you know, especially when, when it dipped down uh, to 15, 16, okay, whatever, it bottomed up there before Christmas. Um, 
where do you see Bitcoin going? A very, very tough question to, to answer. I certainly don't know. But where do you think Bitcoin's going to go in, in the next, uh, maybe let's say three years or so? Okay. Um, well, maybe next three years would be very different. So I'll divide that into different periods. Um, so like you, like you know that I, I actually tweeted uh, saying that the 16K in November last year was similar as uh, 3.2K in December 2018. That also means uh, after the the very low time, um, there 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 are growth uh, gradually. Um, so, like I said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it kind of uh, echo uh, with uh, with uh, with what happened previously. Um, so, in the in the relatively long term, which is ten months, but not not long term as like three years, what what you defined. But we think in the next maybe ten months or so, um, the uh, because FTX halving and uh, uh, Federal Reserve's interest rate cut, all these expectations, I think the buying pressure of BTC will gradually increase, and that's also when um, BTC's capitalization share. Uh, well, you know, uh, continue to rise, and that that will definitely have effect on the whole uh, Bitcoin price and the whole cryptocurrency price. So at that time, we think um, there is going to be stronger rise in 2014, with a target being about uh, for 40, maybe 48k or so. So that's within a 10 month period, which is at end of this year, start of 2014. Uh, but after that, um, so. If you look at history, historical data, so there are always ups and downs. So uh, we think that's the start of the next bull market, but maybe within a three years time, that's a bit you know hard to predict. But um, there might be downturn. There not might there must be uh, more downturns. Um, but in general, if you look at the price now, uh, it's definitely uh, there's definitely a lot of growth potential. Okay, well, you did one better than a three-year forecast. You, you gave under a year, which is <laughs> normally even tougher. So um, hopefully Bitcoin, for Bitcoin investors' sake, uh, you're correct. That'll be a, a pretty nice uh, moving upwards into the 40Ks. Uh, time will tell. Uh, hopefully we can talk to you again soon and perhaps look back on that uh, prediction uh, at some point in the future. But um, for now, thank you, Gracie, for coming on the show. For any listeners, I will throw Gracie's info, Twitter, in the description and as well as BitGet. So you can check it out if you like. Um, and yeah, thanks for coming to the show, Gracie. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Bye-bye.